Welcome back to Read and Succeed. I'm your host, Dave Campbell, here on your community radio station, 106.5 FM, WFMPLP Louisville, celebrating Asian Pacific American Heritage Month, reviewing Japanese Korean author Yu Miri's 2020 National Book Award winner for translated literature, Tokyo Ueno Station. Stay tuned. Welcome to episode 20 of Read and Succeed, celebrating Asian Pacific American Heritage Month in the U.S., reading and reviewing Japanese-Korean novelist and playwright Miss Yu Miri's 2020 National Book Award for her translated literature, Tokyo Ueno Station, written in Japanese in 2014 and translated into English by American translator Morgan Giles in 2020. For those following Read and Succeed the past two months, this episode caps off a three-episode series exploring Asian and Asian-American literature, first with Chinese-American author and TV writer Mr. Charles Yu's snarky winner of the 2020 National Book Award for Fiction, the melancholic and witty screenplay novel Interior Chinatown, and then reviewing the 2020 National Book Award for Poetry, Korean-American journalist and poet Don Mi Choi's utterly brutal DMZ colony on episode 19 of Read and Succeed. Be sure to check out our social media sites for that content and additional content as we explore not only the works of these award-winning authors, but many of the Asian-American literary figures included in these interviews. Please visit readandsucceed.net, like us on Facebook, follow us on Twitter, subscribe to us on YouTube. As we've said many times over the last two months on Read and Succeed, we are honored to stand in solidarity with the Asian and Pacific American community in the United States. Speaking of solidarity, we also want to congratulate our host station, Forward Radio 106.5 FM, WFMPLP Louisville, on their recent birthday pledge drive and online talent show. Ford Radio is now a precocious four years old, having completed its transition from a community project to a fully formed, licensed, nonprofit organization. As is always the constant in community radio, these platforms, including Read and Succeed, are only possible with community support. Please consider donating to community radio and making community radio part of your financial plan. For more information, please visit forwardradio.org. This is Read and Succeed. I'm Dave Campbell. Tokyo Ueno Station is a profound text, not just in its beautifully rendered English version by American translator Morgan Giles, but also in its original Japanese form. One of the most important aspects of the text is that the author, novelist, and playwright Yusan Miri is only partially Japanese. Actually, she is a full-blooded Korean, the daughter of two Korean refugees from the 1950-1953 Korean War, who landed in a rough port city neighborhood near modern-day Yokohama as members of the Japanese-Korean demographic living in mainland Japan known as the Zanichi, a leftover term from Japan's colonization of the Koreas, and a group of people able to speak, write, and think fluently in the Japanese language, often as their first language, but ultimately ethnic and cultural outsiders in a society that is nearly 99% ethnic Japanese. This outsider perspective, not just ethnically, spatially, but also artistically, is what gives Miss Miri the ability to tell Tokyo Ueno Station's story with such heartbreaking brilliance. The story itself is the narrative of a man only known as Kazu, a poor day laborer from the northern regions near Fukushima who traveled down the East Japanese Railway Line to Tokyo in the 1960s to find work and opportunity in the socioeconomic optimism leading up to the 1964 Tokyo Olympics, Japan's unofficial re-entering of global society after the devastation of World War II. Despite the wealth and progress around him, Kazu, in very Buddhist themes, simply is a man of bad fortune, bad luck. 
He suffers a series of personal crises, the death of his son back home, a divorce, job loss, etc., and soon finds himself homeless alongside many of his northern day laborers in Wano Park near Wano Station in central Tokyo, a major cultural and museum district equivalent to the National Mall in Washington, D.C., with Wano Station being the equivalent to Washington Union Station. After living a life at the hidden and often tear-jerking margins of one of the most developed societies in the modern world, somewhere along the line, although not stated exactly where in the text, Kazu dies, and his ghost lingers in Wano Station and Wano Park as a wandering spirit, inhabiting not only the memories and inner dialogues of the community and the commuters around the station, but also the reader. Full personal disclosure, I speak a little Japanese and I lived in Tokyo for approximately two years during my military career in the late 2000s. The Japanese language is, in many unique ways, a non-individualistic language. Words for I, my, mine, etc. do exist in Japanese, but in linguistic contexts and structures very different than American English. A latent ability exists within Japanese grammar and many Asian dialects for a communal collective intellect with the ability of thoughts communicated through the spoken or written word to be communally and collectively assigned. Yumiri's Tokyo Wano Station, and Morgan Giles' deeply sensitive translation thereof, uses this literary capacity to masterful effect, allowing Kazu's thoughts on homelessness, socioeconomic hypocrisy, the relationship between Japan's rural and urban areas, and the March 2011 Fukushima disaster that serves as the final tragedy in his life, to be simultaneously possessed by the living and the dead, the author and the reader, and the hundreds of thousands of Japanese flowing through Wano Station, past Tokyo's homeless population, every day. Leading up to the 2021 Tokyo Olympics, Miss Miri and Miss Giles have managed to insert a conversation into the Japanese national psyche that may one day ultimately set Kazu's spirit free. This is Read and Succeed. I'm Dave Campbell. This next clip is a talk with you, Mary, and Morgan Giles by the Japanese Foundation New York. The proctor of this interview is Mr. Stephen Snyder, translator of the 1994 Japanese modernist novel The Memory Police by Yoko Ogawa. Excellent discussion underwritten by the Strong Women Soft Power Literary Group. To learn more about the Japanese Foundation New York, please visit jfny.org and enjoy this interview. Hello, everyone. My name is Shun Inoue with the Japan Foundation New York Arts and Culture Team. Thank you very much for tuning in. We have recently launched JFNY Literary Series, where we will be inviting notable writers in Japanese literature and their translators to discuss their work, speak on the art of translation, and touch upon the current literary scene in Japan. This was made possible with the generous help of the collective Strong Women, Soft Power, formed by renowned translators Allison Markin Powell, Jenny Tapley Takemori, and Lucy North. They have kindly agreed to participate in this series as our curators. For our first event, we have invited author Yu Miri and translator Morgan Giles. Yu's novels, Tokyo Ueno Station, which was translated by Morgan, won the 2020 National Book Award for Translated Literature. Thank you, Shinsan. I'm delighted to represent my fellow translators and members of Strong Women's Soft Power, Lucy Noor and Ginny Tapley Takamori, and to kick off this event series with our guests here today. I should say, my name is Allison Markin Powell. Yumiri is a writer of plays, prose fiction, and essays. Over the many years of her career, she has shined a light on certain overlooked aspects of contemporary Japanese society, raising issues that some would prefer to ignore, and has inspired a passionate following in Japan. Morgan Giles is a translator and critic. Before receiving the National Book Award this past November, she also won the UK Translators Association First Translation Prize for this same book. Today's moderator, Stephen Snyder, is a professor at Middlebury College and Dean of Middlebury Language School, 
He is perhaps best known for his luminous translations of Yoko Ogawa and has translated the work of numerous authors, including Yumiri. We're also very grateful to have with us Bethan Jones, providing interpreting for Yusan. Steve will guide a conversation between Yusan and Morgan about this book in particular, Tokyo Ueno Station, as well as their approaches to writing and translating. I will pop back for a Q&A session, which will include questions submitted ahead of time by members of the audience. And now I'm thrilled to hand things over to Professor Steven Snyder. Thank you, Allison. It's a tremendous honor and pleasure to be asked to join this conversation with you, Midi, and Morgan Giles in celebration of Tokyo Ueno Station receiving the National Book Award for Translated Literature. I want to thank the Japan Foundation New York for sponsoring the event and Allison and the Strong Women's Soft Power Translation Collective for organizing it and for all the amazing work they've been doing. For the next 40 minutes or so, as Allison said, we will be hearing from Yusan and Morgan about this wonderful novel, about Yusan's larger body of work and her engagement with contemporary Japan. As most of you know, Yumidi has been a celebrated playwright, best-selling author and committed activist for many years. Her novel Full House won the Noma New Writers Prize in 1996, the same year that her Kazoku Shinema won the Octagawa Prize. She's written powerfully about growing up as a resident Korean in Japan and the discrimination she experienced and about the challenge of single motherhood in her enormously successful autobiographical novel, Inochi, and its sequels. In the early 2000s, she began interviewing and spending time with homeless people in Ueno Park, recording their stories, learning about their struggles, and gathering the material that would become Tokyo Ueno Station. And most recently, after the 2011 Great East Asian Earthquake and Nuclear Disaster, she has been a fellow traveler with an advocate for the victims and displaced citizens of Fukushima, who lost their homes in the nuclear exclusion zone. In 2015, she moved to Minami Soma, a town just 23 kilometers from the reactor, and in 2018 to Odaka, just 16 kilometers from the Fukushima Daiichi Power Station. She's hosted a radio show, run a bookstore, and mounted theatrical productions, all in support of the people of Fukushima. Throughout her career, Yusan's work has unflinchingly depicted the pain of marginalized and excluded people, offering a voice to those who have not had one and describing their lives with poetry and empathy. It's safe to say that she has established herself as the literary conscience of her generation, much as Oe Kenzabro sought to be that of his. How lucky we are that Morgan's translation of Tokyo Ueno Station has now brought Yumiri to the attention of the English-speaking world. I'd like to start, and let me say again, I'm absolutely delighted to be speaking with both of you today. And it's some years since I've had the chance to speak with Yusan, and it's a tremendous pleasure to see you again here. And I'd like to start, if I could, by asking Yusan how it was that you first started doing field work with the homeless people in Ueno Park, and what led you to question the homelessness in Japan, to the question of homelessness in Japan, and to that park in particular. And it was now more than 20 years ago that you started working there. Japanese author Yumiri. え、当時、あの、シュナイダーさんにも来ていただいた、え、神奈川県の鎌倉市というとこで暮らしていました。え、一緒に鎌倉の山を
天皇家の方が、えー、そのオープニングのセレモニーなのに呼ばれる時に公園にいるホームレスが、えー、特別清掃という名前で、えー、排除されるという話を聞いたんですね。でそれが、えー、どのような、えー、に行われているのかというのを、えー、取材したいと思ったのが最初です。そしてあとその東京の中でも上野公園には東北出身のホームレスが多いというふうに聞いていたので本当に東北出身者が多いのかどうかを公園のホームレスに直接話を聞いて知りたいと思ったのがきっかけです。The translation is that Miss Miri was living in Kanagawa Prefecture, south of Tokyo, and remembers Mr. Snyder coming to see her and them going running in the mountains. Around the same time, she heard about a forced removal of homeless people from Tokyo's Wano Park. People need to understand that Wano Park is similar to Central Park in New York City or the National Mall in Washington, D.C., and that there are a lot of famous museums nearby. She heard that the Imperial Family of Japan was coming to an opening in an exhibition near Wano Park, and the Japanese government began clearing the homeless citizens out before. The ceremony. She wanted to see for herself what this was all about and who these homeless people were, and in doing so, learned that many of them were from the Tohoku region in northern Japan, where Sendai and Fukushima are located. And this in turn prompted her to visit that area as well to understand the connection. To listen to this entire talk with Japanese novelist Yumiri, please visit readsucceed.net. Thank you. I remember that run through the mountains in Kamakura myself all those years ago. It was、uh, enormously challenging. You were, I was. A good bit younger, but you were all much fitter. I wonder if I could ask about、um, the method in the novel, and this is maybe a question that Morgan could talk about as well. It's beautifully sort of haunting, and there's a sense that you're overhearing all these conversations that are people passing by as the ghost of Kazu、um, haunts the park. And it, I think there's some influence there, perhaps from Faulkner, who you've talked about as one of your literary influences. And I wonder if you could talk about this sense of Haunting or, or overhearing conversations, and that then being the narrative method of the novel. So, this is what I'm saying. I'm going to say that 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 I'm going to say ですね、ですから街を歩いていても人の声が聞こえたりここはまあ車道にこの本屋は車道に面してるんですもけれども車の音すら聞こえないんですね静かですけれども東京に暮らしていた時にこここの山手あの JR 上野駅公園口のこの山手線あの2分間に一度あの通る山手線の中に乗っていると自分という,こう枠う事故という,こう枠がに容赦なくこう声が侵入してくる聞きたくもない音が侵入してくるという,う、まあ、都会に住んでた時経験をして、えー、したんですね。えー、それで、えー、その音を、えー、まあ何て言うんでしょうその,そのまま取り入れるというような
、えー、やり方は、まあ、電車に山手線に乗ってる時に思いついてました。The translation is that Ms. Miri is currently living in a very rural area in Fukushima, only 16 kilometers from where the 2011 nuclear disaster occurred, and few people have returned. Walking around the place, you don't hear anything, no voices, not even cars outside her bookshop. In Ueno Station along the Yamanote line in Tokyo, however, there are hundreds of thousands of people, and you hear voices all over the place whether you want to or not. She wanted the prose style of the novel to reflect that dimension. To listen to this entire talk with Japanese novelist Yumiri, please visit readandsucceed.net. It, well, it works fantastically. It's just a, a, a beautiful method, and, and the narrative is, is、um, just extraordinary. Morgan, I wonder if I could ask you sort of a similar question. When you first read the novel, what kind of challenge did you feel you were facing? It has this kind of haunted, fragmented quality, in addition to, being, to having a lot of, of Tohokuben, of dialect from the north, which I know is challenging. I just wonder if you could talk about the, the、um, things you felt were most tricky as you started translating. Translator Morgan Giles. The kind of most difficult thing as I started was preserving the ambiguity of these voices that intrude into the narrative. Because it's not always clear from the beginning if these are memories or if they are things that the narrator is overhearing or people that he's kind of haunting. And so, I, I wanted to pres preserve that sense. It's something that the Japanese language does so well, but English、uh, editors, particularly, don't like empathy. <laughs> but it was very difficult for me as well because these little snatches of conversation that you get, there's no more context than, than what you see in the book. So for me, even understanding what, what the topic of a conversation was, was really quite difficult at times. I had to ask. Yusan, a few times, what are these women talking about? <laughs> Who is talking here? That sense of reality and memory and dream sometimes being mixed together, I think, is what makes the novel very unique, but it was also the most challenging part of translating it. Well, it's tremendously effective, absolutely beautiful. Morgan, could you talk about how you came to translate the novel? Sure. I first read this book in 2014. Just came out. I、um, run across some of Yumiri's books in a now sadly gone Japanese bookstore in London. And I picked them up just because the titles really stood out to me. Titles like Suicide Men, you know, very bold titles. So I bought them, I got on the bus,、uh, I started reading Men, and I was just blown away. I really fell in love with her writing instantly. And I think it was maybe two weeks after that that Tokyo Ueno Station came out in Japan. I had been wanting to read more writing about the nuclear disaster, an earthquake, and tsunami. And I had read a few books、um, that were about that, but none had really connected with me, I guess. This was really something different, really felt very heartfelt. And,、uh, it took you, me, inside the mind of someone from. An affected area in Fukushima. But also, on top of that, it gave me something that I wasn't looking for, which was a novel that would take the reader inside the mind of a homeless person and truly give that otherworldly experience. Because part of the ambiguity of the novel is that he's homeless and, spoiler, he's dead. So, half of the time, you're not sure if he's overhearing these conversations because. He's homeless 
and nobody notices that he's there or because he's dead and he's haunting this park. All of these elements really came together and, and made it feel like a very fresh, very special novel that I had never read anything like in English. And I knew instantly that I, I really had to translate it. Mm-hmm. After that, the process of taking a publisher really easy, I suppose, because I had talked about it already to my Deborah Smith for a couple of years before she had to set up Tilted Axis uh, in the UK. And once she did that, she said, hey, how about that book? So it all went from there. Excellent. Thank you. Yusan, could I ask another question of you, please? You've talked about this novel elsewhere as a, a kind of counterpoint, or I think you used the word hinge, between the suffering of the people who had to leave their homes in Tohoku to come to Tokyo as day laborers in the period around the 64 Olympics, and on the other hand, those who were driven from their homes in Fukushima after the events of 311. What do you see as the, the linkage between the pain of this one group and the pain of the other? そしてあのホームレスの東北出身のホームレスで故郷に帰れなくなったホームレスとあと福島の原発事故である日突然家土地を離れなくてはならなかった人の痛みをつなげているのは私の自身の痛みだと思います。その要というか腸痛害ドア
、えー、男の子たちが、えー、たくさんあの集団就職という形で中学卒業してすぐですから 10, 10代半ばですね、えー、の子たちが、えー、常磐線や東北本線に乗って、えー、最初に降り立った場所が上野駅だですから、えー、故郷と東京の、まあ、支店と終点、えー、なんですね上野という場所がそういうふうに一本で、えー、つ,なつながれているというのは意外ともう昔の話になってしまったので知られていないんですけども、えーまあ、彼らは当時金の卵というふうに呼ばれていたんですね。でそのの金の卵という意味は経営者にとって金であるということですね。えー、というのはあのー、安くて、えー、若くてそして、えー、東北出身の東北出身者は雪が、えー、すごく多い地域で、まあ、歴史的にいろいろ事情があって貧しいということもあるのでその忍耐強い金の卵だと。でけれども、えー、取り替え可能な金の卵ですねいわゆるまあ履歴書がいらないい,いくらでも取り替えられる金の卵ですねでそのまま、えー、ひよこにもならずにニワトリにもならずにいまああのー、そのまま腐ってしまったというか、えー、捨てられてしまったのがえー、ホームレス上の公園にいるホームレスたちですねだからそこがそういう,う東京と、まあ、あの東北をつなげる場所であるということは、まあ、知られていないことでしたですから、まあ、この作品で、えー、それを、まあ、知らせたいと思ったということもありますね。Ms. Mary says few people living in Tokyo nowadays understand the connection between the 21st century homeless in Wayno Park and the 20th century migrations from the Tohoku region. Many of the day laborers that came down from that region in the 1960s were men in their mid teens with little education. Their gateway to the big city of Tokyo was Wayno Station. They were nicknamed the quote unquote golden eggs by employers due to their low wages, hard work ethic, and endless supply. Unfortunately, few, if any, of these eggs ever hatched. It's best to say most were thrown into Wayno Park near the station. Many felt they never really left the harshness of the mountains near Fukushima. To listen to this entire interview with Japanese novelist Yu Miri, please visit readandsucceed.net. Thank you. I think they do now for sure.、Um, Morgan, I wonder if I could ask you a little bit about the, your sort of method of translating.、Mm -hmm. I have a lot of curiosity about how you went about this, but maybe I'll ask that question first about sense of place. Did you spend time in Wayno and in Fukushima to sort of soak up the, the Sense of place that's so apparent in the novel? I did. I moved to Tokyo in 2017.、Um, and when I arrived there, one of the first things that I did you know, after、uh, getting caught up in my sleep and unpacking my suitcase was I headed to Oeno just to walk around the book and、um, let it be my guide to the park and really experience、uh, Oeno Park as, as Kazu does. Um, but I also I needed to do that in order to make sure that I had fully understood the geographic reality of the park because it is almost a character in its own right in the book. 
so once I had done that and I, I felt very, um, very familiar with the park and I had largely finished translating the book, Yumiri very kindly invited me to visit her in Minamisoma in Fukushima and to see what the area where, where Kazu is from is like. And that was a tremendous honor and pleasure to, um, to visit and, and see with her and, and with some people from the local area, the narrator book might have seen and uh, I got to meet some people that do appear in the book for instance the um, the priest who gives the long talk at the funeral is a real person after I met him I went back to my uh, hotel room and kind of changed how he sounded in English because it didn't match the person that I'd met um, <laughs> but that visit to Fukushima was really instrumental I think in shaping the translation because it gave me a real sense of, of place, of what was lost, of what is being recovered, and of the true people behind the novel Tokyo Ueno Station. It made me feel that um, there was a reason to translate this book beyond just it being a wonderful book that I wanted to share with people, but because it may be the only way to, to introduce these painful but very vital stories to an English-speaking audience. I couldn't agree more. And what a rare experience to um, work with an author in, in that way and, and to work with the places where the book's set. Fantastic. I, am I right in understanding that you're currently translating Yusan's amazing novel, Hachigatsu no Hate? That's right. I, uh, the current English title, I think, is going to be the end of August. I am very near to being done with it. Uh, only about 400 more pages to go. Um, and Ooh. it's Ooh. such an exciting project. Uh, I am so delighted that I'm getting to do this one next because it's, I think, one of Yusan's best works, maybe even her masterpiece. To explain a little to the viewers what The End of August is about, it's a novel inspired by the true story of Yusan's grandfather, who was a marathon runner in Korea during the Japanese occupation. He was good enough of a, of a good enough quality to have performed at the Tokyo Olympics, the 1944 Tokyo Olympics that were 1944, 1940. I, I should know this. I, the canceled Tokyo Olympics. But it's not just that. It's it's this uh, multi-voice novel. You have all these characters to take over as the narrator and you you get all these different perspectives on life in Korea under the Japanese occupation. And it has the most beautiful mix of the Japanese language and the Korean language that I, I hope I'm able to do justice to in English. Mm -hmm. I have had to learn to read Korean. I don't speak it. Please don't ask me to speak Korean, but I've, I've learned to read Hangul to translate this novel. <laughs> and... I, I hope that it comes out well in English, fingers crossed. Well, it's a spectacular book and I know we're all waiting for it um, to appear in English. Thank you so much. I'd like to finish with one more question for you, San, and it's a more general one. Right. I think that your work has basically been an important force for resistance to the process of marginalizing people without power or influence in Japanese society. 
And I'm just curious where you plan to go next. Um, mm -hmm. I know that you're living in Fukushima mm -hmm. and obviously you're contributing to the recovery, the ongoing recovery there. I suspect that you're probably involved with the recovery from the pandemic as well, mm -hmm. another disaster that's crept up on every area. And I'm just curious where, where you're headed next in this amazing journey that you've taken us all on. Yes. One thing is, 今2020年に予定されていた東京オリンピックが今年に延期になったで、ま、国というか政府は開催するつもりでえ、いるんですけども、このパンデミックでどんどんコロナによる感染者と死者がま、急増している状態でえ、オリンピックどころではないのではないか
fascinating and actually have some questions that Ginny and Lucy and I have formulated as well from Strong Women Soft Power. I might start with those and sort of weave in some of the questions that we received from, from viewers beforehand. This question, I guess, is for you some, but also possibly for, well, for anybody who wants to, Steve or Morgan can um, also chime in. But I think we see this a lot with books in translation, with books translated into English, but um, specifically if we're talking about books translated from Japanese into English, when they're translated out of order in which they appear in their original language in Japanese in this case, readers often then have no context for sort of understanding, you know, who the author, where the author fits in like the sort of literary landscape in Japan. And also where this book in particular fits within the, the sort of chronology of this author's work. So, you know, for, in this case, Yu Sun's book, you know, the first book that appeared of hers in English was came out almost 20 years ago in Steve's translation, which I think you have to look pretty hard to find nowadays. Uh, that book was called Gold Rush. And now we have Tokyo Ueno Station, which has had a somewhat higher profile. At first glance, these books might seem very different, but I'm wondering if anybody wants to speak about what there are, whether there are similarities or through lines that you see? そうですね。え、あれはあの、ゴールドラッシュという作品は、え、自分の父親を殺害するというストーリーなんですけども、あの、舞台になった横浜、あの、神奈川県横浜の小金町という場所は、え、私自身が、え、育った場所なんですね。え、日本の有名な映画監督のクロサワアキラ監督が天国と地獄という映画で、地獄として描いた、え、場所で、ク
以上前の25年ぐらいになるんですかね前の作品ですけどもそこのところは共通していると思います。Ms. Miri finds the common theme of all her work being the most marginalized Japanese citizens coming from the most marginalized areas. Her first novel in 1998, titled Gold Rush, was told from the perspective of a 14 year old boy in a Yakuza run town well outside of mainstream Japanese society. That theme of the outsider has permeated her writing. However, the dialogues have migrated from being primarily internal, as seen in Gold Rush, to primarily external, as seen in Tokyo Ueno Station. To listen to this entire talk with Japanese novelist Yumiri, please visit readandsucceed.net. I think if I can add, the, the question about how the order in which an author's books are translated is, is a really interesting one. In this case, like I said, I, I, I initially fell in love with some of her earlier novels, but Once I read Tokyo Ueno Station, I felt because of the Olympics element, it was very crucial to try to get this book out as quickly as possible before people no longer, <laughs> um, before the disasters in Fukushima slipped completely out of consciousness of, of people in the West. But beyond that, someone that has had a, a 30 year long career. Like you, Miri, it's very difficult to get everything in order. There's a lot of catching up to do, right? But hopefully, with the next couple of books that we'll do, we'll introduce a bit more of the context and, and, and different sides of you, Miri's writing, hopefully. And I think we're all looking forward to that. Well, for Morgan, I think a question I might like to ask, which I heard you in another interview, I think, speak about what's it been like for you to engage with? English language readers' reaction to this book and to these inconvenient topics that Yumiri brings to light, that she shines a light on. It may be different from what their expectations are or what their preconceived notions of Japan are like. Yeah, I think we tend to get a very selective image of Japan in the West. And if you don't speak Japanese and you go to visit Japan, you will still have a very filtered experience of it in many ways. Obviously, it's not the, the first kind of dark story to come out of Japan, but, but it is one of very few that focuses so intently on this sort of side of Japan that、uh, people would. Rather not look at even in Japan. I haven't had that many、um, readers reacting negatively, but people do kind of express shock at our homeless people in Japan at all. People are like, well, I thought it was this incredibly rich, clean country. And it's,、uh, it's hard to explain that, yes, that is true. It is an incredibly rich, clean country. And yet, There are still people living on the streets. But my reason, or one of my reasons for translating this novel, wasn't, wasn't just to、um, show people that there are homeless people in Japan. That's really, I think, too simplistic. I hoped that through、um, translating this book, people would have a better understanding or some amount of, of empathy with homeless people in their own countries. There are not that many books in English at all that take. The topic of homelessness on board in such a, a thoroughly internal or sympathetic way as it does. So, more than, more than people to think about Japanese society, I want people to think differently about homelessness and you know, the world in general.、Um, 
why in the United Kingdom or in America we have people living in encampments? So happily, happily, I have gotten a lot of those reactions from English language readers, but I've been I've been most moved by the reactions that I've gotten from people that work in the charity world. Their reactions, they say things like, "This is the first time that I've I've read a book that that truly reflects what people experiencing homelessness." go through in their day-to-day lives. Um, that to me means quite a lot. So this question is for, for you, Sang. You, you're living in uh, Fukushima camp in, uh, I guess it's uh, Odaka now, mm-hmm. but this area, the area that was devastated mm-hmm. by the 2011 mm-hmm. earthquake, tsunami and nuclear disaster, where mm-hmm. you also run a bookstore and a theater space. So mm-hmm. could you speak, tell us, uh, people who, don't, who aren't familiar with that, what a little bit about your motivation そうですね。え、こちらに引っ越しをする前に、え、こちらの南相馬の臨時災害放送局で、え、聞き手をやってたんですね。地元の方のえ、2011年3月11日にどこで何をしていましたかというお話を、え、聞く聞き手をやってた
高校生が下校する最後の高校生が下校して電車に乗る時間が9時20分夜の9時20分なんですけどもそ,こその時間になるともう真っ暗で人通りがいないでこれはその登下校をする道に明かりを灯すお店が必要だと思ったんです。けれども私は16歳の時に演劇の世界に飛び込んで。えー、18歳の時から書き始めて働いたことがないんですね。でわ私にできるお店って何だろうというふうに考えた時に、えー、唯,一唯一本屋だったらできるかもしれないというふうに思ってじゃあ本屋をやろう。で終電まで、えー、電車の最後の電車が行くまで明かりを灯していようと思って本屋を高校生のために本屋を始めたんです。Ms. Mary says she was already working in community radio near Fukushima starting in 2012, giving basic instructions for supplies, relief, etc. But the station closed in 2018, around the same time a local high school reopened. The students have to get on the last train by 9 20 p.m. each night, and there still aren't many shops open on her street, so her bookstore is a way to quote unquote keep the lights on for the local youth. She says as a writer, she probably doesn't know how to hold a real job, so turning lights on and off seemed like a reasonable occupation. To listen to this entire talk, With Japanese novelist Yu Miri, please visit readandsucceed.net. Amazing to hear. This is a sort of follow up question to that. I mean, obviously, it's, it, you sort of answered it already, but I wonder, having been a writer for so long before opening a bookstore, does becoming a bookseller has it changed the way that you engage with your readers or the way you envision your readers? I 対して特別な経験をした方が訪ねる本屋なんですねつまり地震津波原発事故で被災をしたのは人だけではなくて本も被災したんですですからここの地域にあった7つの書店が原発事故でクローズしました本屋がない地帯になってしまったんですねで皆さんあのご自宅に本棚があって、えー、大事な本があったんですけども、えー、ある人は津波で全部流されてしまったでまたある人は原発事故の,あの中で避難区域になったので、えー、あの誰もいない町に動物ですね家がガラスを割って、えー、イタチやネズミやアライグマやイノシシが侵入して地震で倒れた本の上に糞、えー、尿をしてしまって踏み荒らして、えーまあ、本も捨てるしかなくなってしまったで何度か、えー、そのまだ避難区域だった時に住民の方との一時帰宅に同行したんですけども皆さん本に、えー、あの大事な本に手を伸ばしてとても汚れているので、えー、泣き崩れてしまったりするしたりする。光景を私は間近で見ているんですですから本屋ができた時に、まあ、こういうあの本棚を地元の人が見に来てこう胸に両手を開けて当てて「わあって綺麗ね」って本を見て、えー、涙ぐんでるお年寄りの女性がいらっしゃったり皆さんですから本も被災した、えー、被災した人がえー、本を、えー、選びに来るのでそういう意味で特別な場所です。
This marriage says people need to remember that not only were many human beings lost in the 2011 tsunami and nuclear disaster in Fukushima, but many books were as well. Seven bookshops in the area were closed, and any books in the path of the tsunami are left behind, and the exclusion zone were destroyed. Many of the patrons at her bookstore come in to remember books that they lost and are usually in tears. Miss Mary feels she is helping repair those readers' relationships with books in general. To listen to this entire talk with Japanese novelist Yu Miri, please visit readsucceed.net. Very touching, but I, there's so many questions that uh, we'd still like to ask, and some of the questions from the audience have been covered so far. I think I have um, one final question from Ginny and Lucy and me that is, I guess, directed to you, Sam, and to Steve, both of you together, because it's about the act of remembering. And as we know, as we've mentioned, that Steve translated. The Memory Police by Yoko Ogawa that seems to suggest that having the ability and the desire to remember is an innately human and that this memory, this act of remembering is a kind of political act, it's politicized. And in Tokyo Ueno Station is drenched at times in layers of memory, in the hauntings and these um, memories of the past. And, and so if either of you have any words that you'd like to share about this sort of these similarities about forgetting and remembering and uh, the political significance. あの、そうですね。え、今年、今年の3月で、え、東日本大震災と原発事故から10年になるわけですけれども、その、ま、今後ろに時計があるんですね。え、時計があって、その時計のメモリというのは、え、一定の感覚で刻まれているわけです。で、今、ま、1月で新しい年になりましたけれども、スケジュール帳のその1日1日のこう枠も同じスペースで、え、枠で、え、
、えー、その存在が消えても漂い続けるというような、まあ、解釈も成り立つのではないかなというふうに思ってます。Ms. Mary says that while every second, minute, hour, day, year, etc., will always be the exact same length and time, there are events like the tsunami and the Fukushima disaster of 2011 that are so big that they simply transcend those fixed spaces and time forever. Similarly, a person's memories are almost sedimentary in nature, no different than the soil under her feet. Some are 10 years old, some are 50, some are older than the person themselves. She hopes Tokyo Ueno Station helps the reader to understand this concept and learn to listen to the voices of the memories around them. To listen to this entire talk with Japanese novelist Yu Miri, please visit readandsucceed.net. I think Yu san's、um, words should be the last words, but I'll say just very simply that I have thought about the similarities between these two novels. And while the memory police is about the danger of memories disappearing and the, the need to keep them close and to try to、uh, make them persist, Yusan's beautiful novel is about absolutely that the persistence of memory in the way that memories continue to bear witness to the pain of people's lives, but also to the, the importance of the lives they've lived. And、um, so to me, the books are, are wonderful kind of echoes and, and bookends of each other. Yes, I would agree with that.、We're So grateful to all of you for taking the time to speak with us today. Wish we had another hour or more to continue the conversation.、Um, but so thank you to you, Sam, and to Morgan, and to Steve for moderating the conversation, and to Bethan for interpreting. And Strong Women Soft Power, we are tremendously grateful to the Japan Foundation. For making this event possible. And with that, I would like to turn it back to Shinsan. Thank you, Alison san. So, again, like she said,、uh, unfortunately, this is all the time we have for today's session, but I'd like to thank our wonderful guests for their time and sharing some of their episodes and stories with us. We hope that the viewers at home were able to enjoy and get an insight to this fascinating world of translation in Japanese literature as well. So, again, thank you all for your time. And until our next session, please stay safe and we'll see you soon. Goodbye. That's it for episode 20 of Read and Succeed. Join us next episode reviewing the works of 2020 Nobel Prize in Literature winner, Jewish American poet Louise Gluck. And then we'll do some summer novels after that. This is Read and Succeed. I'm Dave Campbell. Thanks for listening.